Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome warmly to Broadcast Park with still another great broadcast and now in 2019, a podcast. It's the one, the only, and thank God for that. Let's welcome Judd Finkelstein. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You've just heard the voice of Mr. Don DeFisi, who was instrumental in my uh, getting into broadcasting in the very first place 30 years ago. 30 years ago. We're going to recount that story. We're going to have a little nostalgia about being here at Broadcast Park, uh, what KVY and KVON has meant to us over the years. Uh, we'll catch up with you, what you're doing these days. We'll hear some wild stories about radioing here in Napa Valley. And I, I just can't wait to get to it. Thank you for being here. Uh, great to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, in the meantime, Lauren Mole, do you have anything you'd like to add? We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at Judd'sHill.com, or you can call 707-255-2332. Thanks, Lauren. And uh, while you're online checking out uh, the visiting information, I would just invite folks to have a look around. We've got events going on. We have some pretty funny videos we've made over the years. And you know what? We've got wine. And I think we should give them a special for being, well, being special to us as listeners. Let's give them a deal. Just type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Juntel Wine Club anytime, day or night. Thanks, Lauren. That's true. It's uh, free to join. You'll get invitations to events at the winery, also out and about around the country. We have trips we do with our club members. Uh, you get to try all our wines at a really good uh, price, if I do say so. And it's fun. That's my guarantee. Good times for all. Now, that being said, Mr. Lauren Mull, I cannot wait to get to this show. Me neither. It's going to be great. And now... Enjoy this very special episode. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No sales script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio. Pardon me, I'll have a Chardonnay A marvelous date, it's hard to say I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc It's a must-have on the podcast It's Judd's Napa Valley Show You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet My buddy's the truth, you should study my man Juddy And learn something new And now, live from the Tom Young Studios at Broadcast Park, where visitors have been welcomed since 1947, it's a special edition of Jun's Napa Valley Show. Aloha to Broadcast Park. I'm Lauren Mull, and here's your host, Chad Fingelstein. Thank you very much, Mr. Lauren Mull. It is a pleasure to be here bidding a fond aloha to Broadcast Park, welcoming guest to Napa Valley Radio since 1947. 
soon we are moving to new digs. Oh, man, Jen, I can't wait. I am so excited. What's got you fired up? What are you looking forward to in the new place? Oh, why, the glass windows, of course. <laughs> you want people to see you. Yes. And Lauren the, needs to be seen to yes. be believed. And what yes. else am I looking forward to? Yes, what? The new lobby and reception area at the front of the new building. And what will go on there that has got you all uh, jazzed? Oh, well, a new front desk, uh, maybe a new furniture, maybe a new uh, slick, high-definition television set. Okay. Well, that's all good stuff. And what about the webcam? I haven't had confirmation that there will be a webcam. I know you want a webcam. You've wanted one for years so people could uh, see what we're up to, always see how sharply you're dressed and how quaffed your hair is. Have you heard? Will there be that opportunity now? Yes. Well, there you have it, folks. A Judd's Napa Valley Show exclusive. (laughs) What what else is going on, Lauren Mole? before we get into this whole show? You said this is a special edition, and I'm going to explain why in a moment. Okay. But dear listeners, just know that it will be. And it is. We've got quite a guest. But uh, what's going on with you quickly? Any, any, any plugs, any personal appearances, any uh, stadium uh, gigs? Well, I recently uh, went to, uh, on Wednesday, I went to this, this uh, KVYN remote. Uh, they were doing a remote with Big Rick Store at this hip new barbecue place. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's at West Imola Avenue at the River Park Shopping Center near the uh, Maxwell Bridge. He's I'm not going to give you the name. He's given plugs, everyone. Yes, go ahead. That's okay. They, they, they I'm sure, gave some money yeah, to the station. It was Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome to pop, pipe in here, guests. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, I you haven't been introduced okay. yet, but you, okay. you can pipe in. I just got to get used to this here. I know. So. I know. It's killing you to have a microphone and not... But go mm. so for, and not talk, but go for it. But yes, I saw. I went down there too. I I, I saw you there. It was lovely. Had a we nice... had a lot of fun, and I I got a free Mister Dickie's barbecue cookbook as well. Did you flip through it? Any recipes you're I gonna? I did. Oh that. Oh man, the brisket. Oh man, that sounds <laughs> delicious. Well, I'm going to Austin tomorrow, so uh, we'll 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 check out the uh, the Austin barbecue against Dickie's. Dickie's does a good job, and I heard on the way over that uh, Mister Dickie himself is going to be here. Coming up, what, Wednesday, 11 that, one or something that, like that? Yeah. This this coming Wednesday, he's yeah. coming back? True. I just heard Big Rick Stewart today. Okay, well, there you have it, During folks. the uh, What's Happening count. He missed last Wednesday. Apparently, he was under the weather. His daughter was signing books, so I'm glad to hear he's coming back. Lauren, anything else? Do you have a stadium? Are you... That's your thing. Usually when I say what's going on, you say, I'm at the arena, I'm at the baseball park, I'm at the... Day on the green. Yeah, singing. <laughs> like, for, for real. Did, uh, not right now, though, but uh, I'll let you know when the time comes around. Okay, because we may be singing for the uh, for the three time world champion San Francisco Giants again for the first time at Oracle Ballpark. Oracle Ballpark. Okay, and all information on that will be posted at www.everybodystar.org. And do you want to just briefly give the uh, the pitch for that? Well, Everybody is a Star is a nonprofit organization based in Sonoma that helps special needs individuals like myself uh, showcase our talents in professionally made broadcast quality music videos. And I can vouch for that. If you go to everybodystar.org, click on Lauren's video. It is fabulous. It's him looking absolutely dashing in his white uh, tuxedo dinner jacket, singing, I can't find you yet, or that's what it's called, right? I just haven't met you yet. I just haven't met you. I knew it was something. I thought it was How Can You Miss Me When I Won't Go Away. I thought that was the uh, the song you had. Well, no. Apparently not. Okay. Whatever right. the song, it's fabulous. Take it from me and right. worth checking out. Lauren. Yes, Judd. We're not going to get all of this show in this short time that we have That's unless fine. we start. And I still don't think we're going to get it all in. But, but 
Let's go. We got a lot to talk about. Oh, we do. Would you mind, please, introducing our esteemed guest? For years, Napa Valley's mouthpiece, he, made early morning entertainment look easy. It's been three decades now since he got Judd started here. Wow. It's KVYN legend, Don DeFisi. Well, good morning, and thank you both. Thank uh, you Don, both. Don, welcome back, sir. Thank you, Lauren. A hearty thank handshake. You. Great to be here. Don DeFisi, I... I'm so excited to have you here. You are a professional talker, so I'm going to ask you not to talk for a sec, <laughs> because I want to get this out first, and then you can give me your take on this. Here I go. <clears throat> 30 years ago, this year, I mean, like, I'm talking as we sit here, 30 years ago, and in honor of that, by the way, I decided to dress the part. This shirt I bought in 1986, so I think I was wearing this the first time I met you in 1988. I had braces put on my teeth, so I would look the same. Do you see that? You can talk. I'm kidding. You can. You can. You I can, think you, I had them you, too. You can pipe in. <laughs> so that's how excited I am to have you here. I, I went full force 1980s for you. Okay, so 1988. I'm in high school. Um, I am very interested in communication, radio. I like to play DJ, you know, with my friends. I used to put playlists together before there was even a word for that, for the lunchtime, you know, to play out on the loudspeakers at lunchtime at St. Helena High School. I was in the communications class. We did some video production up there. It was the early morning class. We had to meet before school officially started. Tons of fun. Well, a guest speaker comes in one day to our telecom class, and it is Don DeFisi. And for those of you listeners who might, might not be as uh, old as I, Don DeFisi, at that time, was the man, the voice of Napa Valley, KVYN's fun, entertaining, sometimes a little wacky, uh, morning man. And I was so excited. Oh, I get to meet this guy. He's coming to talk to our class. So far, am I getting this? Absolutely. This You're right okay on. So far? I can okay. spot the classroom. Okay, there you go. And you tell us about, you know, working in broadcasting and what you do, what it's like being at the radio station. And you put out this open invitation. If any students would like to come down sometime, just give a ring, you'll arrange it. Well, it didn't take me two seconds. You know, I got on the phone and gave a ring and you were very kind and said, come on in. Your show is six to nine in the morning mm -hmm. or five thirty. Five thirty to nine. Five thirty yeah. to nine. So it was a little extra early, but it was cool because um, I didn't get there till late, but it was five thirty to nine. Somebody show, was coming so. from you, um, and I came down and uh, observed. I'd never seen somebody do radio, and I was absolutely floored. You know, I was used to the whole talk. All right, everyone, that was uh, Phil Collins with uh, whatever the song is. And one more night. One more night. And coming up next, we've got Elton John. Uh, in the meantime, you know, be sure to get on down to the roller rink where so-and-so is going. You know, whatever. The whole rap and everything. And talking, was it up the ramp? Is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where the, the music is kind of playing, but you stop just before the vocals. And then you're, you walk the, it up. Walk it up. Thank you. And then you turn the mics off and you turn to us and give a smile like, wow, that is slick. I want to learn to do that. You were very kind. And you said, you know what? I think I came back the next week again just to, to watch again. And then you gave a call and said, there is an opening Sunday mornings. And it was playing the Casey Kasem Top 40 Countdown, which America's came on a record. 40. Yeah. A record, Don. Mm -hmm. Vinyl. Came every week. And then we used to toss them when it was, I mean, imagine if you had those things today. Oh, you know, all those great recordings. Collector's items. Mm -hmm. So my only, my only responsibility was dropping a needle on a record at 6 a.m. 
then when it got to the end of the record, play a commercial, turn the record over, <laughs> drop the needle again. And I did that till nine for three hours, putting a needle on a record and taking it off. I did that for one week, exactly one week until I got a call. I don't remember if it was from me. I think it was from someone else, maybe the station manager, program director, somebody saying, we heard you're here. We need somebody six to nine on air Sunday nights. Can you do it? <laughs> like just throwing me into the fire. Can I do it? <laughs> I said, sign me up. I came down. They said, don't worry. I said, I've never turned on the microphone. I've, I've never had to do that. I don't know how to do that part of it. I don't know how to do the rotation of songs. I said, don't worry. Uh, the DJ on before you will stay and help you through it. Not a problem. So I show up and the DJ wraps up his uh, shift. I go on at six and he shows me the uh, how to turn on the microphone. And there was a little card catalog with color codes mm-hmm. that told me yep. what type of song, either a current hit, an oldie. Yep. Exactly. Something that was you know in heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. So you played that according to what time it was. He showed me that and he said, all right, have fun. I've got a date. And he left. Do you hear that? Do you hear that sound of silence? Yeah. That was basically- That's called dead air. That was my show for three hours. <laughs> pretty much. I just kept playing music. I was petrified. To say a thing. Well, you've come a long way, baby. Well, I'll tell you, that got my start. And what really, <laughs> I was, I was, I told my folks, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I can't do this. They said, look, you have, this is something you've been wanting to do. It's in you. You enjoy this so much. You've got to go back. You've got to work through it, make it happen. And the, the uh, program director asked for an air check where you record yourself. So I put one together and he said, Judd, listen to your air check. And uh, the only thing I can tell you is that you've got – oh, I can't say this word on the air. What do we usually use when we do those? Shirt. We say the word shirt. So I'm going to use that. Pardon okay. Me. He said you've – and I don't know what this means, but I took it as a compliment. He said you've got a voice that could <clears> – <throat> and I, as it cracks as I say that. Uh, you've got a voice that could knock a buzzard off a shirt wagon. <laughs> my favorite expression. <laughs> I don't know it. Yeah. But <laughs> that was my introduction to it. He says, but let's work on some – bits you know say something though use that voice and that encouraged me to maybe scan the paper see maybe there's something interesting to talk mm-hmm. about if there was an artist i was playing that was going to be in concert i could have talk a little about story that. to tell have a little story to tell. and that got me going and i thank you sir for putting me on this path that has given me nothing but enjoyment to that day it has found me untold riches that part's not true um but soul enriching for sure how nice that being said, and I say thank you, that's my story as it pertains to you, Mr. Don DeFisi. Now let's talk about you. Well, And I'm excited. I'm, I've, oh, well, first of all, I want to acknowledge your wonderful yes. mother and father, and that's yeah. how I met you, Judd. I remember uh, when the family uh, had Whitehall Lane, and I yeah. was doing in the wine cellar and doing interviews with all of the various and the sundry really stars you know <laughs> always always struck me that we would uh, living in St. Helena would go to Peter's video on a Friday night oh, yeah. and you'd see Robert Mondavi or Warren Winyarski or Mike Gergich or anybody down there just regular old people right and yet you next day you Renting turn in movies. the wine spectator and there's their picture on the cover and you're going yeah, Mike Gergich took the movie that I wanted to rent last night. So, yeah. <laughs> was I that mean, behind the curtain in the back room or was that <laughs> out for – oh, never mind. Anyway, but I yeah. remember mom and dad. They were yeah. just always so nice to me. And remember seeing you at uh, in St. Helena, you know, and uh, uh, all the time. So good, great memories. We'll go back. Great. That goes back. Uh, but let's, let's talk about you and radio because you really were one of these guys that – you were so well known and you had such a large personality throughout Napa Valley 
like it really was uh, inspiring to see you at work that first time and subsequent times when I would come and observe you doing your gig. How did you get started? You're a, you're a Bay Area guy. Like, did you no? You you're a, originally from back east. Yeah, I was born in uh, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Okay, and my parents were in the military, uh-huh. or my father was, and so we moved around quite a bit. Moved to Norfolk, Virginia, then Texas, and then in '59 moved to uh, California over to Concord. And all I ever wanted to do from the time I was a child, literally, was to be on the radio. Uh-huh. Grew up being a, uh, a Brooklyn Dodger fan, and to this day, I'm a loyal Dodger Blue fan, much to the chagrin of your listeners and all that I have to take living in the Bay Area. Uh, <laughs> Let's see if we can get Ira C. Smith in here at absolutely. some point. You guys can duke it out. But uh, the thing was, is that r- rather than hit the home run like Duke Snyder, I would have rather have announced the home run for yeah. Duke Snyder. Yeah. And uh, early on in my life, my uh, my idol was um, uh, Vin Scully, oh. who... Everybody knows Vin Scully from here, but I remember him in Brooklyn when he took over in 1954 uh, as a young announcer. And then also growing up on the East Coast, we used to get American Bandstand every day for two hours from 3.30 to 5.30. And I'd race home from um, Holy Trinity Catholic School, had my uniform on, and sat in front of the TV and just watched Dick Clark, who I just thought was... Uh, the best of the best. Speaking of the best of the best. <laughs> here he comes. He heard his name. Ira C. Sports here, just walked into the uh, here, here. <laughs> the studio. This is good. Ira, hang out. Can you hang out for a while? Hey, I heard you mention. Oh, let me turn your mic on. Hold on. Yeah. He heard you mention my name. <laughs> Ira said, I heard my name being called. Okay. Listen, we did a bit on uh, KVYN each day called Ira C. And Donnie D. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun time. Oh, too many fun times, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, lots and lots of, um, uh, of of great memories. Uh, you know, wouldn't even know where to start. But mm-hmm. so that's what that's. I majored in broadcasting, uh, which was actually broadcasting back in uh, uh, in the sixties. Uh, you know, I went to college when there were only fourteen states. So um, <laughs> you know, it was uh, uh, psychotic, euphoric, <laughs> uh, drunken. And uh, yeah. eleven more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I went to college at uh, Sac State during the the war years, as mm-hmm. uh, you know, in uh, Vietnam. So it was a you know real interesting time, and uh, you know that's a major in broadcasting. That's how that's how I got my start. He is very uh, up to date on uh, sports too, even pseudo sports. One of his favorite wrestling. Absolutely. I've kind of uh, gotten away from it because I lost track of them. But uh, we used to do some really crazy things. Took on, trips uh, to uh, professional wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. Went to the Cow Palace what, a couple of times. And was that through KV? Uh, oh, yeah. What okay. happened was is that I got to know a guy in the World Wrestling Federation. And so we we bartered out some tickets and um, we started just corresponding about wrestling and uh Hal Shelley at the House of Pizza. Uh, Is that here in Napa? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he supplied the pizzas, and we got into a bus. We gave away about 40 tickets on the air, and uh, we went over to the Cow Palace. It's a big fir- bus. Yeah, and the second one um, the second one was even a bigger bus because the crowd uh, got bigger and bigger. And I remember – What uh, era are we talking, by the way? Just put me in the, put uh, me in the uh, Hulk time. Hogan. Um, okay, uh, mid-80s. Yeah. Uh-huh. Late uh, 80s. 85, 86, yeah. okay. somewhere around there. You know, Randy, uh, Macho, Macho Man, Man, all those people. <laughs> And I remember my first friend in the wine business is uh, the legendary Michael Weiss yeah. from Groth Vineyards. Sure. And he had a young, uh, had a young son who's now a grown man, Nate, yeah. who is now at Toomey and, uh, and Silver, Silver Oak, Oak making wine. Um, and 
we we connected on Facebook, and he said, "Don, I'll always remember, you know, getting in that bus and going over to the cow pal." I mean, people's mouths dropped open because we had great seats right front down row. The front. Yeah, well, had front was, row seats. If crazy. you can imagine that at the rest, of, they literally throw the wrestlers toward you. Yeah, you thought they were going to land on your lap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, I mean, we really did some some really really crazy things. What, what, well, hold the, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm guessing you just said crazy things. That bus ride was was wild because it had to be. This well, is we, the we had, 80s. We had radio. beer and we had pizza and we had wine because we had winemakers and you know, people are throwing pizzas to the back. We weren't unruly by any stretch of the oh, imagination, but uh, the. Um, uh, it, it, it was a crazy bus ride. I think the bus ride was just as much fun as going to the wrestling match. So, but, but even after that, there were parties connected with our listeners, and Donnie D continued the wrestling by wrestling against some of our listeners. Oh no, <laughs> Dewey uh, Green, for example. <laughs> Lauren, what do you say? Can we start that up here? Can I put you up to wrestle some uh, listeners? We'll make it, it. We'll make it a social media uh, see, contest. That was a fun something. time, though. Donnie okay. D would get up on a yeah. sofa even and jump down on uh, yeah. Don and Dewey. They on Rick Vasquez. Oh, Rick Vasquez. Rick, was Rick and Bonnie. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But we we did. We were all about uh, doing promotions uh, on KVYN. And the thing about it was, is that you know uh, during that time when I got here, it was K ninety nine country. It was a country radio. Right, station. right. I heard this used and, to be. Uh, Larry Gaver was the announcer then. Mm-hmm. Larry did the afternoons, but I remember my first day that I came in here, Tom Young had me take a look around, and I walk in here for the 6 o'clock morning show, and all the lights are out, okay? And there's this young lady behind the microphone, and she's going, it's 6.05 here at uh, K99 Country, and I'm going, well, that's going to wake a lot of people up, you know? And, I, and so basically, basically, I came to KVYN to just kind of shake things up and cause a little trouble. Well, you you helped create what is now KVYN. I mean, yep. the format that's been here for now 35 years or so. You know, and I, and I, and I really take pride in this. I, I, and I refer to it as we did in the lobby. I gave birth to this radio station over here on July the 4th, 1984. How'd that work? Um, we had decided internally to change the, uh, the format of the radio station because quickly, uh, country, Country music was kind of like rap music. Either you liked it or you didn't like it. A lot of people just listened to the radio station because it was the uh, the local station, and it was a station that you could get, as we used to call it, I don't know if you still do, Up Valley. Yeah. You could get it in Yonville, Calistoga, uh, St. Helena, Rutherford, Oakville, all of them up there. But we just weren't making a lot of money, and uh, so I went to Tom Young and said, Tom, we really need to do something. We need to be a contemporary hit radio station, okay? And we used to call ourselves K99 Country, and I said, we need to take advantage of our call letters. And so um, it, it was kind of trendy at the time to call yourself The, The Fog, K-Fog, right, sure, et, cetera, sure. et cetera. So I said, we're going to call ourselves The Vine. KVY, we're not going to call ourselves K-Vine. It's going to be KVYN the vine mm-hmm. and we launched it at 6 a.m on july the 4th the first song uh, we talked about before was men at work and who can it be now <laughs> and we did not tell our listeners so that's what they were thinking who can this be now right yeah. we did not tell our listeners that we were changing the format and you should have seen those phone lines yell i mean just jump you know and you know had there been security back in those days, I probably would have needed it to get home that day. So <laughs> that was the birth of the vine, and we just had 
so much fun. And was that your first day as well? Uh, no, I had been on the air. You had been with, already. K ninety nine country. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and so, Don had been on the air on KFRC prior to coming here too. Yeah, that was the legendary radio station uh, growing up in uh, Concord. The Big Six Ten uh, was AM radio station, and of course, probably one of the two most famous uh, DJs in history of radio, besides Don Sherwood, was the great Doctor Don Rose. So there's something to the name. Mm-hmm. Don. Yeah. 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 However, it's gotten to the White House, and uh, well, yeah, we'll be changing that uh, coming up soon. But um, um, that's enough for politics. Thank you. Um, I, want, I want to tie sports in again here since he's here because Donnie D was also a big fan of the Oakland Raiders and had many connections with the Raiders. Yep. I was fortunate enough that I uh, traveled with the Raiders for seven years. And uh, if they went to Pittsburgh, I went to Pittsburgh. If they went to Cincinnati, et cetera, et cetera. Was this an official capacity or you're yeah, a creepy I, stalker? I was working in radio. Oh, okay. okay. And it was actually uh, at the immaculate reception. And a lot of people don't know who that was. <laughs> yeah, sure. But that was when Franco Harris. Yeah. And, and we all flew on the same plane. So you, you flew on the plane with the ball players and flying back from that particular trip. And, you know, did he tip it? Didn't he? I mean, it was just. Uh, was it crazier than the bus ride to the wrestling match? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, no question about that. And, uh, you know, got to go to a couple of world, oh, got to go to a couple of world series with the Oakland A's because, uh, you know, did sports reporting over there with guys like Gene Tennis, Joe Rudy, Catfish Hunter, Vita Blue. Campy Campaneras, you know, Dick Green, all of these guys. So, yeah, uh, Dick Green, he popped into the winery one of the... Oh, is that right? Not too long ago. Wow. Yeah, all yeah. Right. It's kind of nice to meet him. So, but the, the days on the vine were just, um, you know, totally incredible. We used to do something called... Uh, we, we really wanted to get out and reach the community um, and uh, get the community involved. So we started something called Donuts with Dawn. Okay, where people would send in their business card, and then uh, we'd pick a business card at random, and then every Wednesday, uh, I'd get off the air at 9, and we'd travel over to a, a business at um, uh, the Buttercream Bakery. I saw the box here this morning. Well, they would they would donate the donuts, and then we had some great great uh, engineers back then. We had Dave Paulson and uh, Dave Fortenberry. And Mike Martindale. Mike Martindale. Wink, we used to call him. And uh, they would go ahead of time and they'd set up and we'd broadcast live from, you know, First America Title Company or yeah. wherever it was. And it was really a blast. And we, then, then what we did is to get listeners involved even more, we did dinner with Don. And um, uh, it was up at – we did the dinner at the uh, – uh, up in St. Helena, North uh, Cement Works, I think. Yeah, yeah. Called. Then yeah. became the outlets, and now yeah. mm-hmm. you got a break. Going quite on. a few times. Did you need a break? Or? You, you got a couple minutes, or oh, okay. a couple of, couple seconds. Okay, so finish the, the bathroom's down the hall, and it's to the right. There. It's still so, there after okay, thirty, okay. after seventy years. <laughs> yeah. It's still right there. But finish that story, and then yeah, we got to take a quick break, and okay. we'll come back. And then the, the last thing we did, we did dinner with Don member Ellie Sanders. Oh, uh, was yeah. the uh, uh, and so we had about. Uh, uh, four couples, and uh, Ellie was a hostess. I was the host, and uh, we just did dinner until you know that they had to close. And so, oh, fun. Was fun, fun time that we did, just kind of you know getting out and doing things. That sounds. That sounds. I think we should start that up. We'll call it feasting with the fink. Yeah. All exactly. Right. All right. We've got Don DeFisi, legend of Napa Valley Radio. And joining us, surprise guest, and I love it, so hang out if you can. Iris C Sports has walked in to join the uh, the conversation. Yeah, talk about a legend of Napa Valley Radio. Hello. We got two right here, three with Mr. Lauren Mole over here. 
and then me, just this this wannabe. I was just thinking, sitting when I first started here, and you got me going. I'm definitely older now than you were then. Yet I still think through the eyes of a little kid and think of you as this like statesman. Like elder statesman, but you couldn't have been more than, you know, much more than 40 years old at the time. And I'm much older than that now. And I still feel like this kid trying to make it happen. I don't know. It's funny how you get stuck in these times when you have that first imprint of an We experience. can get you some help for that. Please do. So, if anybody yeah. would like to call, yeah. uh, we had a psychologist <laughs> on a couple Thanksgivings ago to talk about family interactions. Maybe a Dr. Charlotte could call in and help me out with that. Anyway, it's great to have you here. Don't go anywhere. And... um We'll be back with this special edition of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after this. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. 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 From Napa to Santa Rosa, the North Bay is listening to 1440 KVON. Now, back to this special edition of Judd's Napa Valley Show as we say aloha to Broadcast Park. Thank you, Lauren Moore. Yes. Boy, he does a good job. He's Lauren Moore. Hey, you know, speaking of good jobs, I've got to get this in while he's here. There has never been a better DJ than Donnie D. Not only was he uh, playing great music for the people to dance to, but you could watch him. He was so animated. He was not standing still at any time, jumping around, dancing around, and he would even get out there on the uh, dance floor with uh, some of the guests and all. He, he just was a great DJ. It was the drugs. I mean, let's just, let's just cut right to the chase here. Go know? for so, it. Yeah. So, Tell anyway. us all. Yeah. We've got in studio, as we say goodbye to Broadcast Park, we're, we're looking back at what has happened here over the past... Uh, well, 70 years. We're not going back that far. We're going back as far as 30 years anyway. Uh, the guy who got me in the door, Don DeFisi, sitting here and joining us, uh, Iris C. Sports. Iris Smith, thanks for uh, coming in and joining the nostalgia. Appreciate He's the it. unindicted co-conspirator. <laughs> you know, we've had many creative people at the uh, radio station at the time that I've been here, but none more so than Donnie D. Thank you, Ira. Thank you. Well, definitely an inspiration. Checks in the mail. Yeah. Since I've got both of you. I'll let go of my arm. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. I think that's going to leave a mark, Don. Let go. Yeah. I've got both of you here, and you may be the last ties to the era when I first started here. So us three, mm-hmm. I think, are, are it. Can, is anyone else still here from well, the Well, we hired 80s? Barry Martin. Barry was part of the new KVYN was he here the Vine a, team. Was he, he was he here in 80, uh, 89, yes. 90? Uh huh. Okay, so maybe I got Larry ask Gaver, uh, Barry Martin, Mark Jeffrey. Um, we had Magic Mark. We had, of course, Joe uh, McConnell, who, Joe by McConnell. the way, is going to be on uh, Friday with me. Okay. Oh, good. Right. Good. That'll be good. And yeah, uh, we we assembled a really really fabulous uh, air team over there. Uh, all really. Uh, on their own, all solid personalities. Well, I've, I'm happy to have been included in that in some small part. So here's what I got to ask you guys. <clears throat> and I may have brought this up when Ira, you were my guest uh, a while back. I don't recall. Forgive me if I'm repeating. But holidays came around. So Christmas, 89. You know what, Don? You may have split by then. No, I split in 90. 
you, April of 1990. April of 90. Okay, so you may have been there. Okay, so here, good. This pertains then. You might have some insight. The big holiday party is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we had a little mail. Everyone had a little mailbox in the back with their name, and people could put you know notes and information. And I pull out the notice for the holiday party and says, please let whoever it is know if you want you know chicken or fish, something like that, and if you're bringing somebody. So I uh, did that. And I got the response, well, oops, actually, you're not invited. You know, like, uh, I got the note. Well, I don't know, the whole... Somebody's got to be here. Yeah, the low... Well, I've got a story about that, too. You know, low man on the totem pole. And I, you know, I didn't put up a big fight, but I guess enough of like, well, you, you put an invitation. You because Don didn't get that note either. Yeah. <laughs> so they relented, like, all right, you can come to the party, you know. <laughs> so I come to the party. And there's a secret Santa thing, mm-hmm. right? And I even, I even arranged, it's not really a date, but it's a, a lady friend from high school. So I felt like kind of a big shot, you know, this is a big deal for me. Um, I get to go to this, I get to go to the radio station holiday party with a lady and <laughs> kind of show off and uh, talk about wild thing. I mean, there's stuff I cannot repeat that went on at this, and it was a public place where this party was and the... The, oh, then I must have been there. Yeah. Stuff you couldn't I, you know, who knows what substances were being, you know, I was pretty straight in those days as a teenager, you know, didn't even sneak any sip of wine or anything, but obviously some people had the language, the the subject matter, I, my ears, I, I was red, most of it. But Secret Santa comes along and I get a note from my Secret Santa and the note says, um, I owe you one, trust me. It's been 30 years. Anybody here want to fess up to being my secret Santa? No. Did either of you owe me something? No. No. no, no. Lauren wasn't even born yet, by no. the way, so I can't look at him. Wow. Okay, no. No. Okay? No? no All right. Then not. the search continues. Uh, maybe I'll put yeah. it out on the social media. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, speaking of who else can we get, you know, somebody's got to be there. That was Christmas night, so it must have been 89. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is going to come sit in? Except the low man on the totem pole. Right. Finkelstein's going to sit had in. To, we all had to pay our dues <laughs> at some radio station somewhere along the line. That's it. So I'm sitting in this exact spot on the KVO inside, a, a, a studio I had never entered in my life. I could barely operate the FM site on my own. And they say, you're going to operate it from here. It's a simulcast, so it's all going to happen from here. But I wasn't familiar with anything here. You just play the tape of um, Christmas music. All night, and then you break in with the news at the you know few minutes before the hour. Play the ID, and then come back to the Christmas music and announce what it is. And so I take a break. I announce, and, and I brought a friend with me. I don't know how he got out of family obligations, but he came down with me. And we drank uh, non-alcoholic eggnog and ate pizza. It was kind of fun, actually. We had our own Christmas party. But I, I do the announcement. Go back to music. The phone rings. I pick it up. It's a high school buddy of mine up in Saint Helena, and he said. Dude, you just announced the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> and I said, what? No, I, I said, Mormon Tabernacle. That's who was singing. He's like, D- you said tab- Tabernacle. I turned, you know, I said, all right, thanks. I'll be careful. I hung up. I turned to my friend and said, did I say Tabernacle? He said, I don't think so. I think you said it right. Oh, man. But it put the germ in my head. And to this day, I trip up over that word. Wow. 
Isn't that amazing how things can stick? Talk about needing a psychologist. Speaking yeah. of tri- yeah. tripping up, let me yeah. just ask Go uh, Donnie D this uh, question. If he remembers setting up to be the DJ for the Napa Kiwanis Crab Feet. Oh, my gosh. Can I, the most, probably the worst day of my life in uh, the Napa Valley. Um, uh I had a company called the Great American Dance Party. It was a mobile DJ. Yeah, I remember I, this. I happened to be one of the first in the Bay Area and then came to the Napa Valley and just kind of made the Napa Valley ex- my exclusive place because there was enough business. And uh, the generosity of so many of the, the businesses in the area was uh, the Kiwanis Crab Feed. Um, Legendary, at, famous. Oh, I mean, 1,000, 1,200 people. I mean, yeah. just amazing. And what happened was the, the equipment all set up. This wasn't the first time I had done it. Mm. Um, about three or four years in, and evidently a plug had come out, and somebody walking by took the plug, the master plug, and plugged it into a two twenty, a two twenty, <laughs> and fried all of my equipment. Oh no! Yeah, before yeah. it all started, yeah, it's just ruined it. And I think Chief Dan Menez brought in a patrol car. With a loudspeaker, yeah, just that, so he can make the announcements. Because here I am packing up the equipment, uh, and they're going, "Well, the show's got to go on." But you know, that was that was one of those uh, one of those things that that happened. Kind of reminded me of a story about when I first started here. I'd gotten here in April of '83, and um, we were still K99 country, and we did a lot of live broadcast. And remember the old broadcast park. The, um, trailer that well, we had. Of course. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, it was hideous. Um, but it was uh, it was fun looking, gaily colored, yellow, blue, etc. And we were doing a broadcast um, uh, from the shopping center down on. God, I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, downtown Napa, and um, you know the adage about never. Uh, ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. Well, this was living history. And we were doing something like uh, the phrase that pays. When you hear the DJ say this phrase, if you're the ninth caller, then you'd win a prize, okay? (laughs) And we were doing that all the time. But in this case, we'd said, if you're the first person to drive up to our broadcast party, you're going to get, you know, the tickets. Of course, they wouldn't allow that anymore for insurance purposes. (laughs) Sounds like a horrible idea. Oh, no. Demolition Derby. Like the turkey drive. (laughs) Yeah, right. We're we're a country music station and uh, playing a song, and all of a sudden this car drives up, and it looked like a wide-town Pontiac. I mean, it was just old, low to the ground, the whole nine yards. And out of the driver's seat gets this little guy. He's probably 5'7". Thin as a rail, not an ounce of fat on him. I mean, just just thin as can be. And out of the other side comes his uh, his wife, and she is she would give you know Hulk Hogan a, a run for her money. She was uh, on the um, plus side. Okay, is that the gentle word to say? And so we get out and we're doing the interview and having a great time. You know, where are you from? And oh, you know, we came down. They drove from like Calistoga or someplace like that. And so. <laughs> Uh, Donnie D had been on the air for about four months, hadn't really connected with the audience, which I would say takes a while for people to accept you here mm-hmm. in, the, in the Napa Valley. Ira's still working on that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I turned to the lady and I said, and miss, when is your baby due? Oh, no. Were you being sincere or were you trying yes, to be funny? Yes, I was funny? being Ooh. sincere. Well, that's... And she said, I'm not pregnant. Of course she did. <laughs> Donnie D, man, you know better than that. Oh, man. Well, by the time I got back to the radio station, I got called into Tom Young's office. I mean, the phone was ringing off the hook. So, anyway, 
That's you know that's one of those stories. Now would be a good time for that webcam, Lauren. You know, if folks could see Don's face just telling that story, you got a little red, oh, and I think yeah. your eyes well, missed it up a little bit. Wait a minute, Judd, we haven't moved to the new place yet. Well, yeah. okay, come back and tell that story. But no, obviously that affected you. I yeah. can see it in your and, face. And the other, you know, two things I'm really proud of. One is that KVYN. I'm looking at the time here. Make sure I have enough time. Yeah, KV, I'll, I'll I'll cue you. KVYN was uh, is or was licensed to the town of St. Helena. Okay, and KVON is licensed to Napa. And so one of the first things that I always did when I went to the Vine was when we do the ID at the top of the hour, uh, we'd be KVYN, St. Helena, Napa, et cetera. And uh, so we really established a presence up Valley. You know, Napa got a little bit upset about it because it was a much bigger town. But um, it was always KVYN, St. Helena, Napa, and then we throw you in throw another in town, one of the other ones. American okay. Canyon exactly. uh, or Calistoga mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be. And two things that come to mind. We were given the task of having to do uh, local things, okay, for local interest, which was fabulous. And one of the things was the school lunch program. Well, what could be more boring than the school lunch program, all right? And the the Napa people didn't really get behind it, but up in St. Helena, uh, they really got behind it. And we had two gals at, uh, that would do the school lunch program, and it, it was a laugh riot every morning. And we had, uh, and they would say, and we're going to have a hamburger or chili chips and cheese. And yes. one time she said, I remember this. We're going to have. Be- I was in school at the time, right. and I would listen. Yeah, and that was she great. Says, and today we're having beanie weenies. Yes. And they became. The Beanie Weenie Queenies. Oh, I haven't thought about that in 30 years. They would turn out for live broadcasts. They became celebrities, the whole thing. (laughs) The Beanie Weenie Queenies. Beanie Weenie Queenies. Oh, my gosh. Between that and my Up Valley cohort in crime, Bob Fellion. Oh, sure. We used to have Fellion's Deli Mm -hmm. and was just one of my closest friends along with Ira in the Napa Valley. Bob would have all the local scoop from what was going on in St. Helena, Calistoga. I mean, we really, really made it, you know, a local program um, in the morning. Another natural on-air personality, Bob Felling. Well, Don had a big following on the uh, FM. He was on the air there. And you look through the glass, and you would see George Carl, who was uh, on the AM at the same time. (laughs) And these two guys, they would have uh, eye contact, and it's hard to say what they would come up with. But they were on two different radio stations, but were in eye contact with each other and had some hand signals yeah, we, had, we, had, we had like one main hand signal. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, and you, you can't know, it was you like, can't point a webcam at that one. That's right. And, yeah. and Donnie D would help George Carl as far as arranging his program for the day. George would get in about 6 o'clock. He's supposed to be on the air at, at 6. We'd mm-hmm. get here just about that time, and Donnie D would be here ahead of time. We'd have to do everything for George. God love him and rest his soul. But we'd have to record programs for him, have everything queued up so that you know, the diva could just walk in and sit down and, you know, do his thing. And so one morning in particular, uh, we had to write the news headlines for him. So literally, I mean, I, I would love to have somebody do that for me sure. in the morning, okay? So George would get here at 1 minute to 6. I'd get here at 4.45, okay? So uh, we're doing the news headlines, and I was working with Joe McConnell, and there was a, a death of a, a vineyard owner farmer, et cetera. Uh, Prominent uh, vineyard. Uh, yeah, uh, up Valley. And so the the slug line that I wrote was <laughs> so, something to the case of noted noted uh, vineyard, noted winemaker buys the farm. 
because <laughs> he had passed uh, away. Oh, no. So George's headline was, Major Farm Purchase in the uh, Valley. <laughs> <laughs> then, he, then he's got to read the story, and he finds out that so-and-so had died. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, so. Oh, you know. no. Always keep the people that are taking care of you. Keep them on your toes. We haven't even gotten to some of the bits the characters used to do. You used to uh, host Swap Shop as well. Not only were you the morning guy, you did Swap. You got some stories about folks Uh, calling into that. You used to like to play with them. Well, one of the things was to have a little cheat sheet, and we we had some callers that would call in all the time. They would call in every day. You'd recognize their voice. Recognize their voice, and so I'd say, oh, yes, you have the the sofa for sale. You're at 227-1717. They go... Wow, how do you do that? Well, you have, you know, it's, radio is theater of the mind. I You're creating the a visual in somebody's mind about what's going on. In fact, I remember meeting a, a listener once, and the first thing they said to me was, Wow, you sound thinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you can imagine 30 imagine years what they ago. say about me, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> folks used to come and see me. I, very rarely was anybody ever in the building Sunday nights mm-hmm. when I was here, but once in a while, folks would come in, even folks who worked here who had never met me, they'd look. You're Judd? Yeah. It was like this 17-year-old kid with braces doing his homework, you know, between songs. They, like, they, they do create a vision. And yeah. One, one of the visuals or, you know, one of the visions was a character that was on every day called Shake Your Booty. Shake Your Booty. And, you know, I, I found out in life that it's, they, they weren't called sheiks. They were called sheikhs. And so I guess there was somebody that was a president of Pakistan at the time, and his last name was Booty, B-H-U-T-T-I, kind of a common name in Pakistan. And then, of course, there was Casey and the Sunshine Band with the song Shake Your Booty. So, you know, just did a little research, and we came up with this is the great, 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 great Shake Your Booty. You know, psychic phenomenon, perceptor of all things, and all-around good guy. But we'd set it up with, there's a, uh, there's a three-humped camel parked probably in Probably wouldn't fly these days. Yeah, but, but that's okay. But we're in a time machine. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, that was a three-humped camel parked in the parking lot, and there's a trail of sand leading down the, 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 you know, the hallway oh, here. God. And people bought it. One day we had. Wait, what do you mean they bought? It? They well, thought this was an actual. Well, I'll, I'll explain. Okay, it to theater you. of the mind. Here we, we go. had um, a group of school kids come in to take a tour, and we used to have a window. I don't know if there's still a window over here to look into KVYN. Is, is there a window there? Uh, no, they, no. Well, there's yeah. in the door. There's, there's a little window. Oh no, we used to have a big window. No, I remember okay. that they kind of redid the studio. Okay, and so the school kids are walking down to go into the newsroom at the time that I'm doing "Shake Your Booty," and here I am going "This is the great, great," and the look on their face when they find out that there's, you know, not some guy with a turban on his head, and there's no three humped camel, and you know, but they, you know, they visualize that. Yeah, they, they they visualized it. So yeah. Lots of characters, lots of fun things. I used to have a guy. He, he was a southern guy from uh, Texas. His name was Bubba, and he lived in Plano, Texas. So we just called him Plano Bubba. So and he was uh, calling in the swap shop from Texas. <laughs> no, it was, it was on the FM. Oh, the yeah. FM side. Yeah, Sorry, it was just a character that would come in and. Oh, drop see, by. now you fooled me. So, I'm thinking you've got a real guy. You're talking one of your characters. One wow, my, one of my Warren, characters. this is confusing. Yeah, well, okay. But laugh was pretty much confusing back in those days, anyway, <laughs> Judd. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah, he would talk to himself quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a lot of answers too. <laughs> Mostly wrong. Phil Hendry esque. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so swap shop. You had, I, I do want to get back because I know you've got a couple stories about playing with folks. Well, the best one was uh, people were kind of shy about calling in on the, the swap yeah. shop. You know, being on the radio and you know, am I on and stuff like this? And there's. A, 
obviously very, very shy lady, and she called in, and she had one item for sale. But the way that she said it was, oh, she was she wanted to, to buy an item. And so she gets on the radio, and I said, yes, uh, Swap Shop, Don Tafisi, can I help you? Yes, um, I'm looking for a one-night stand. <laughs> she wanted a nightstand. She wanted one nightstand. But the way it came out on the radio was, I'm looking for a one-night stand. <laughs> and did the phone light up? <laughs> did she have some takers? <laughs> some givers? I don't know. Just classic. <laughs> so, you know, oh. those stories. I mean, people... You can't I mean, make those kind of things up. No. no. And, you know, it was just it was another example of, you could have a community program which could potentially be pretty boring you know i've got a ream of paper for a dollar yeah, and, so, yeah. and so you had to make something of it. you had to you had to engage the listener mm-hmm. get them talking and then then we get multiple lines going and stuff like that and so you turn the swap shop into you know something that was always going to be fun because that's what it had to no, be no, people would talk about that show always had to Absolutely. be fun you always had a buzz around that this is crazy we're out of time but 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 there's more i want to talk about can you hang out for a few more minutes Ira, can you hang out for a few minutes? Well, you've got Donnie D here. He, he, okay, he well, here's what, we Ira. here's what we do. We're going to sign off here in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Listeners, if you're listening live right now, another fabulous program is going to come on. We're going to keep recording in the background. When this posts as a podcast on the iTunes store, just look for Judd's Napa Valley Show. All the past episodes are there, and they're free. There will be extra podcast content, including... Well, you've listened to the show. We're going to do a little Mad Libs game. We're going to have some fun. So hang out, listeners, for the next show, and then come back to the podcast. so many stories. We're going to hear some more. go on and on. And the motto is never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Ain't that the fact. (laughs) So Don DeFisi, thank you so much. You bet, Jeff. But don't go anywhere. We're going to keep going. Ira, thank you for popping in. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Actually, I don't think the headphones are going to be working here. They're going to pick oh, up. I'm not, I'm not going to divert them. Too many buttons to push. Okay. Bob, this is uh, extra podcast content. Bob is our editor in Los Angeles, so okay. he'll be putting all this together. <clears throat> hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Bob spelled backwards is Bob, by the way, just to help anybody out out there. There's a great Weird Al Yankovic oh, tune. Is that right? I think it's just called Bob. Oh. And he does the old, what's that Bob Dylan tune where it's uh, the video's black and white and he's turning over the cards oh um oh it's the famous song and i can't think of it yeah that's the one so weird al does that but everything he does is a palindrome everything every card has a palindrome They'll all every lyric is a palindrome so bob is the name of the tune uh, my favorite one in that is a uh, oh no don ho <laughs> One time in my life, <laughs> yeah. I created a palindrome, and I'm, I'm so proud of it. What's that? No evil Shaws live on. Wow, that's a complicated one too. How about that? I mean, that's that's uh, complex from from the recess. That has of depth. The, I remember it was just one night. It was like two in the morning, and somebody was had been talking about palindromes. I had a that pad of yellow paper out, and I just started writing on them with this and that, and what words are backwards. But no evil Shaws live on. I actually sent it into. I don't know if you were old enough to remember Herb Kane. Well, I know you've made his column before. <laughs> yes, yeah. Then I used to write a column for the local papers here, not not the Napa Valley Register, yeah. which is now the what the Napa Valley Times, but it was no, the still Napa the Re- Register. Napa Valley okay. Register. But, um, uh, I used to write a couple of humor columns for a couple of the different newspapers. Uh, one of the late he used to be on the board of supervisors. His name was Harry something. I can't remember Harry's last name. 
but Harry Martin. Okay. Yeah, okay. And uh, St. Helena Star still around? Sure. Yeah. So he used to write kind of like a, a – it was called View from the Vineyards, and it was like this total name dropper. Oh, I was at the, <laughs> I was at the Aubert's du Soleil, you yeah. know, and uh, ran into Barbara Streisand, things like that. So, yeah. Did a lot of fun things in this. This is a great place. You, you don't strike me as a guy who ever lets boredom take hold. You know, um, seriously, uh, which I'm not very often. I do not get bored. I don't mm-hmm. get lonely. I'm single. I live by myself. And I'm totally happy. I can entertain myself or read <laughs> or, you know, fall in love every time I walk by a mirror. Um, you know, uh, all those different things. But boredom is not in my vocabulary. No, no. It's, it's very apparent. And that's what makes you a good personality, Thank too. Because you. you bring people into that world. It's wonderful. What should we talk about? You want to talk about your love of Maui potato chips? Do you want to oh, talk about... I love about... Maui chips. Um, I don't know if you... Did you know that? Or did you just threw that out? No, things come up. Yeah. No. Ma- I do Ma- a little homework. Well, yeah. Maui chips. I, I, I was to Oahu five times last year. Okay. Lauren, that's not Maui, but we'll let him go on anyway. Yeah, but I couldn't get Maui chips there. You can't get Maui chips in Oahu? Oh, you, get the, you get the faux Mal, uh, you know, um, <laughs> Maui style chips. Oh. But I've been to Maui a number of times, and I remember just going down... Down to the potato chip factory about five o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, and you bring your uh, you know, grocery bag. Oh, and really? They actually, fill it up with hot chips, and then of course they they bag their own there. Mm. But for the, the locals there, you can go down and 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 get the chips. And oh, nothing like Maui. Oh, chips. I'm so hungry oh, yeah. right now. That yeah. is a great tip. I'm, I'm going to do that next. This is like the kettle cooked ones. Yep, mm-hmm. kind of thick. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. in. Um, Lahaina is where the, where it was. So, yeah. Oh, man. That sounds so mm-hmm. good. Now, did you live – you lived around here. Did you commute in for this? When, when I first started, I was living in Benicia. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was is I was um, working at uh, the little Vallejo radio station, mm-hmm. KNBA. And then I was also working weekends at the country radio station in Sacramento, Crack Radio. Which, you know, wait, is, wait, wait, what was it called? Yeah, K-R-A-K, which is, you know, either something that you smoked or, you know, something that you covered up with pants. So, um, um, it Lauren was, is stifling a chuckle. Go, let it loose, Lauren. You can, no one can hear you. Yeah. yeah, there you go. K-R-A-K. Um, yeah. And so, um, we, we had a, a kind of a contemporary radio station in Napa and we had a, a really, Legendary owner, but he was he was a little bit on the weird side. His name was Lou Rippa, and he was a, a Italian from back east that came out here, bought this little radio station here that had an incredible signal. Okay, and KNBA st- didn't stand for the National Basketball Association at the time; it was North Bay, you know, KNBA, oh. yeah. you know, North Bay. North and um, Lou was at the radio station. He was single, never went anywhere. He was always there, and I was always pushing him to make. Th- country radio station out of it and he was kind of a little bit leery about the whole thing well he had a, a death in the family and he had to go back east and he was going to be gone for two weeks and it was like the longest that he had ever been gone mm. and i was the program director over there and while he was gone i just changed the format <laughs> <laughs> pulled out all the records got a hold and he got back and lou, lou was all about doing his community service uh, program in the morning you know right in the middle of drive time you get a half an hour of you know, a yawner, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're interviewing somebody from the Vallejo community. During just, drive time, right yeah, when you need right, people yeah, to... Eight, okay. Yeah, 8.15 or 8.30 to 9 o'clock. But anyway, one day he comes in and he goes, Don, I'm, I'm hearing a lot more country on the radio station. And 
I said, yeah, I, I changed the format five months ago while you were gone. All right, you changed the format. I just changed it. And Lou says? Well, he didn't know what he goes, well, we're getting a lot more listeners and people calling because I had gone to the, the, the fair in Vallejo, and I went around and did a survey. You know, what kind of music would you, you, you live in Vallejo or the area? What kind of music do you like to listen to? You just took this upon yourself. Yep, I did it myself, and I got this overwhelming group of people that wanted country music. So I just went to the record producer, said we're changing the format while he was gone. And I changed it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, they, had, worked. They, they had a job opening here for a program director in Morning Man oh, okay. on K99 Country. And I was living in Vallejo, and, uh, excuse me, in Benicia, and then moved over here and stayed here uh, in Napa for several years and then got remarried and moved up to uh, St. Helena up mm. on um, Spring Mountain Court. That's right around, right around the corner from Robert Louis Stevenson Jr. High School. I know it well, having spent three I mean, years. I was, I was put an adjective in there, but I'll just make it neutral. Three years there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you, at Spring Mountain Court, we had like these celebrities. We had Bob Foley, uh, the winemaker. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pats from Pats and Hall, mm-hmm. who was one of the neighbors. The grocery store in downtown St. Helena that had Sunshine. the butcher shop, the butcher <laughs> lived next door to me. Had Ken Dice, the winemaker at Flora Springs, it's like your little village over there. Um, who was ever, uh, yeah, who ever was running the um, the Oakville Grocery at the time? Mm-hmm. It was owned by Joseph Phelps. A lot of people never knew that. Mm. And then there was a local pizza parlor in downtown St. Helena, and they lived on the court. La Prima. Yeah, yeah, and that family lived there. And I used to drive this diesel Volkswagen little squareback. And I, you know, I'd be up at three thirty in the morning, and that yeah. thing just got. Oh, and, uh, uh, and would wake up the whole neighborhood. Oh, Don's on the way to the radio they station. Take up now. a petition. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, you you know how to make a pre- your presence known. <laughs> <laughs> Not for very long. I'm usually uh, asked to leave. So, so these days you are. Not as involved in broadcasting. You you ditched the microphone for the wine yeah. world. You know what happened was is that I had my great American dance party and during the summer or during the Christmas time, I'd have to get up like at three thirty in the morning to do this show, but I have a lot of Christmas parties around here and they'd have them on weeknights. Yeah. I mean, uh, Trevenia had their big Christmas party yeah, yeah. and et cetera and all these places, Silverado. Finally, one night I came home, one morning I came home and I said, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I can't play. I'm so excited by the uh, the Pointer Sisters or um, uh, Whitney Houston. I can't do this anymore. And I literally sat down and got out a yellow pad of paper and drew that traditional line down the middle. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do? And I didn't want to... Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to be getting up in the morning at 3 o'clock, 2.30, going to bed at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And it all came out wine business. Uh-huh. What do you want to you, I want to stay in the Napa Valley. What do you want to do? I didn't know anything about wine. No. Nothing about wine. You know? And um, I thought Glen Ellen Chardonnay was the be-all to end-all, to tell you the truth. But uh, somebody took a chance. Roy Raymond and Walter Raymond took a chance on me and... Uh, uh, that's an ABBA song, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, okay. yeah Walter right. and Roy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just kind of segued over from um, broadcasting into the um, uh, the wine business. And I remember Roy Raymond coming to me about two weeks, three weeks into my job, and he goes, so what do you think of uh, the wine business? And I looked at him and I said, Roy, 
you guys take yourselves way too seriously. <laughs> he said, man, you know, we're talking about grapes here, and we're actually talking about dead grapes, okay? That have and, gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, man, nobody laughs in this business. Everybody takes it all so seriously. And he goes, that's why you're here. Bring a little humor into this business, you know? Yeah. Let's have a little fun. Let's have some laughs. We're definitely on the same wavelength. I, yeah. Every opportunity I try to not knock wine off its pedestal, but at least make it accessible and mm-hmm. enjoyable to yep. people. Make it an, an engaging yet also entertaining fun part of life without having to be, well, like People are revered. intimidated by wine. Well, well, that's it. Yeah. Get the intimidation factor out mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. That's, and I think we've made strides, but I, you know, I still think that there's just a lot of people that wouldn't even go into a restaurant because they couldn't pronounce Govertsterminer and even order it because they're, they're intimidated by what to order or something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's, now you're, 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 but you're still 30 years later, you're still doing it. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be 30 years next April that I started in the, in the All wine right. business and, uh, had several jobs. Uh, it was almost like, uh, Radio business, you know, you know, a lot of people don't stay in one job in the wine business for a very long time. Yeah. Gone are the days where you started at Robert Mondavi back when the family owned it, and you worked there for thirty years. Yeah. You know, you know, gone are the days when you used to work at uh, Bolu BV Vineyards, uh-huh. and you're there, and you started in the as a cellar rat, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know, a winemaker, things like that. People move around in the um, uh, in the wine business. True and, enough. Now yeah. you've been your current. Uh, situation for for many years though right it'll be 10 years uh, next month oh, okay, as a matter great. of fact congratulations it's a, it's a very thank you it's a very unique company we specialize in doing private label for major uh, retailers mm-hmm. and then just in the last couple of years we've kind of branched out and bought our own uh, wineries we uh, we bought the jameson ranch uh, oh yeah uh, vineyards uh, the winery there uh, we have our own uh, dedicated organic winery um, called our Daily Red, our Daily Wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, source from down in the um, um, in the valley, and the most successful one we have, we have the number one um, uh, selling Pinot Noir in the country in that loved eleven ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine category. We have a brand called Bread and Butter. Oh, yeah. So we have bread and butter, uh, Pinot Noir, uh, Chardonnay. We've just come out with a rosé, as has everybody, and uh, we have a you know a Cabernet Sauvignon. So we've got a little bit of a mix of everything, you know. And, and all I do is sell wine to Whole Foods, which is it's your only account. My only account, corporate headquarters in Austin, but there are eleven regional buyers around the uh, the uh, the country. Really, really a lot of fun selling to those people. Well, really high-quality people. I, yeah. Having been the wine specialist at the Brentwood Whole Foods for a little bit of time back in the late 90s, mm-hmm. uh, I know it's a good place, and they do take their wines seriously. Yeah, they do. And they tend to attract, at least and now I'm talking 20 years ago, but uh, a clientele that uh, has a lot of interest in wine. Yes. Either they already know it or they're eager to learn about it. Yes, exactly. And and, and that's all part mm-hmm. of, you know, I mean, we can get into all of that. That's yeah. what this this thing does. Uh, this thing, which is not a phone, it's a computer. Yeah. And it's absolutely nothing. Uh, it's not even shocking anymore to go into a Whole Foods or even a Safeway or wherever. And somebody will see a, a, a bottle of wine and they'll either take a picture right. of it or they'll Google it right mm-hmm. away to find out. You know, did it get a 90? Where is it from? <laughs> yeah, Things yeah. to that extent. So that, uh, you know, people are interested in, 
they're not just buying for the label anymore, although a lot of people do buy just for the label. So, What are you doing for fun these days? I mean, you're traveling to Austin and these regional places to sell wine, but when you're, when you're not, what's, what's, what's floating your boat? Oh, okay. A uh, couple of things. I love the theater. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love to go to live theater, and uh, whereas it's not Broadway, although I spent a little time on Broadway in New York, uh, you know, seeing uh, live theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in Walnut Creek, and we have the Lesher Theater for oh, the performing they get a lot arts of there. We have a really good time yeah. there, um, and you know, to go to the go to the city. Uh, like to go to the city, and if I'm going to a play. I'm going to spend the night in the city. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to drive over and then drive back. I'm going to have a nice dinner or, or whatever the case is. I like to travel. Mm-hmm. I like to cruise. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a boat. I'm not. No, I'm not yeah, yeah, know, no, no. I didn't think you were hitting on me. Not the clubs or anything. Yeah, okay. So um, those days are over. You uh, got to get you on one of our cruises. That would be fun. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. We'll talk. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about it. We will. We will. Don't uh, but, worry about um, it. Yeah, I, I like to play golf, mm-hmm. and I like a good meal and a good bottle of wine. I'm a okay. cabern. I'm a Napa Cabernet guy. You know, if that, that's what I'm drinking. If you know, I'm gonna, if I got to spend fifty or sixty bucks for a good bottle of Napa Cab, I don't even think you can find one. But you know, <laughs> I got one for you actually. I well, so that's I know, do. That's, that's that's our sweet spot right well, there. There we go. Uh, and I've had your wine before, and I just you know, uh, well, thank you know, you. kudos to you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I mean, from this eighteen-year-old kid at Saint Helena High School, <laughs> a winemaker and a broadcaster, that's quite a bit. So, well, uh, yeah, that's, for- that's how the days are, are taken up. And other than that. I'm a guy that really likes TV. I've got, you know, I like to watch, you know, certain TV shows and, you know. Lauren is nodding knowingly. Yep. I'm a Game of Thrones guy and, um, I Lauren's a Game of Show guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, if I couldn't have been on the radio, I would have loved to have been a game show host. I used to love Chuck Woolery and there's actually a documentary that's out right now about the history of game show. Uh, hosts and they interview all these guys now they're oh. in their 90s and 80s Bob Eubanks and Wink Martindale Gene and Rayburn. all these guys and I remember one time we were in a, a bunch of us guys were at Disneyland and we're walking down the you know from ride to ride and this guy comes up taps us on the shoulder and me and my friend Jay Bettercore who we grew up with and they put us on the dating game you were on the dating uh, game. We were lo- we were two of the three lo- the two losers to the <laughs> to the guy that got the girl, you know. But when was this? This would have been so this uh, the- before Brian, probably nineteen seventy. Wow, okay, right, yeah. the sweet spot called for that us, show. Called us right in, and you know, and that was uh, that wasn't Peter Marshall. That was um, no uh, the guy um, from San Francisco used to be on KSFO. Yeah, um, uh, Jim Lang. Jim Lang. Thank you, Jim Lang. Here's your host. Yeah, so uh, well, I want to hear about that. Come on. Well, it was. Ho- hold on, hold on one sure. second. And now let's meet Bachelor Number One. He hails from Contra Costa, California. He enjoys talking into microphones, bottles of wine, and Disneyland, apparently. Please welcome Bachelor Number One. I guess they never gave the name to no, that, right? No, no. Okay. All right. But it was, you know, you sat on this high stool and you had the the partitions and the whole thing and she couldn't see you which uh you know was a good thing for me um with the you know the face for radio come on um, don have, you know, well hey got more more chins than the beijing phone book oh, over okay. here so do they so, someone was wondering do they supply you with the answers no like those suggestive because it was always very uh 
not subtly double entendre, very obvious double entendre. Oh, obviously. Not as double entendre as the newlywed game. Oh, Oh, man, that was like laced with double entendres. But you weren't prepped for that. No, no. Uh, They just said, you know, there'll be a series of questions. And, you know, they they were filming like seven or ten, twelve shows you know, in advance. And so if that show didn't work out, they could always, you know, like, go to another one, you know, if they didn't like the way that transpired. But it was all such a big whirlwind. You're walking down the, you know, uh, the greatest place on earth, and you get tapped on the shoulder, and we thought the guy was kidding. He said, you know, we're, we're doing a uh, uh, dating game, and we want you two guys to be on it. Because of your devastatingly handsome good looks, and I said, oh. that man must be on our show. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you must have been related to the guy that said the exact same thing to us. So. <laughs> Quick break. Bob, would you please put in uh, the Spanish flea music um, when I'm doing that uh, Jim Lang intro type thing? Because I realized uh, I put it on my hotkey, but it probably just played live on the actual air and not on the podcast. So We were on the air? I, no, just the Spanish flea music, I think. We just interrupted KVON with some no, Herb just, Alpert. We interrupted La Hora with Isela and Gabriela. Okay, well, oopsie. Sorry, uh, listening public and FCC or whoever else. Probably the FCC probably didn't. That brings care. back the days of the Rojas family doing their Sunday morning show. Right. They did it for yeah. like a gazillion years. I, wow. I remember that. I remember that very well. So that's amazing. We've we've I don't think we've ever had anybody who was on the dating game before. And you didn't get the date. No, I did not get the date and you know and we didn't even get any parting gifts. So. Okay, that was my next question. What do you leave with? Nothing. Oh, no. you kind of you know got shake hands with Jim Lang and uh you know you went out into the audience afterwards and everybody in the audience thought you were cool and we had fun and so that was <laughs> okay. you know, that was a good time but uh yeah, it was, it was a terrific time. And well, you know, I mean, I've had so many neat things happen because of being in the broadcast business from movie stars or athletes that I've met that I've interviewed. And um, I don't know if I've ever told you the story about I was accidentally in a movie with um, Robert Redford uh, called The Candidate. Accidentally in a movie with – oops, I was in a movie with Robert Redford. Ah! It was uh, New Year's Eve 1972, and I was working at KFRC in San Francisco. It was a slow news day. New Year's Eve, not much happening. And so the uh, assignment editor says, what are we going to do? And somebody said, oh, I I saw where Robert Redford's in uh, town uh, promoting his movie. And so I said, well, I'll go get an interview with him. And the news director, uh, William Abbott, said, there's no way you're going to get within 100 feet of Robert Redford for an interview. Well, that's all the incentives that I needed. And what happened was is that we were located at Bush and Kearney. And back in the day... They used to have windows that opened from the high-rises in San Francisco, and they used to run their ticker tape out in the financial district. Yeah. And then the city would pay for the cleanup the next day. But so all of the downtown business district, Montgomery Street, et cetera, was just littered with ticker tape, et cetera. That was the reason for them doing the movie at that time. It made it look like there was going to be a ticker tape parade for uh-huh. – okay. So I look up and I see all these TV cameras, and they're – they're doing this interview or they're, they're, they're filming Robert Redford and he comes by in a convertible. Okay. And he's waving to the crowd. His character's name was McKay and they're going, we want McKay. We want McKay. So I ran up, jumped on the trunk of the car and whizzled my way up to the, uh, the back seat and just sat right down next to Robert Redford. 
stuck a microphone in his face, and I said, so what do you think? And he says, well, if I'm elected senator, I'm going to do this. And I go, no, man, what do you think about making this movie? And he says, are you for real, kid? And I said, yeah, I'm from KFRC. And I show him the (laughs) – and he goes, just keep smiling. The cameras are rolling. What happened was what I thought were TV cameras were the actual – they were actually filming – the movie. You wandered into an actual a, a movie set during a take and nobody closed it off to you or wow. I just I just literally ran down the street and jumped into the back of the car. So that scene is now in the movie, the candidate? Yeah, and I've got to actually I'll show you I've got a picture of me and me and Robert. I was in there for about six seconds, maybe you know. And afterwards, uh Redford turns to the director and said, Who's the kid? And he goes, <laughs> I thought you knew who the kid was. He goes, You mean he's not part of the movie? And so everybody everybody thought it was great because it was seemed pretty natural. Did you have to get your SAG card? Well, hold on. There's a story to that, too. Okay, I'm so sure. So anyway, he says, hey, we're going to lunch. You want to go to lunch? Go to lunch with Robert Redford on New Year's Eve. <laughs> and, of course, we didn't have cell phones or any way of communicating, you know, so I'm gone, you know. And so he says, well, look, I'll take you back to the studio. I go, what? You give me a ride back in his limo? So now I'm really living large. And so I go, we get there. And so I said to him, nah, I got to do this now. I said, look, I hate to ask you because you've been so nice, but no one is going to believe this. Would you come into the studio, into the station with me? Sure. Gets out. We walk up the front steps and we walk through the door. And here's all the uh, secretaries. And they look up and there's <laughs> me and Robert Redford. We walk back into the newsroom and they're on deadline. And he just knocks on the door, and he is, he's got his arm around me, and he goes, who was the guy here that said that he couldn't get within 100 feet of me for an interview? <laughs> the big interview with Robert. Ah. So then what happens is oh, great. they keep it, and they put it in the movie. This little clip, they, they do crowd noise over me and him talking, but you can see him when he puts his head through his hair. He's going like, just keeps talking, son. You know, mm-hmm. the cameras are rolling. And then about six weeks later, I get. I was a member of AFTRA, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. But we're SAG AFTRA, and I got a check for one hundred thirty-six dollars. Wow! Yeah, and that was a lot of money. Sure. <laughs> well done, sir. I applaud so, that. Yeah, thank that's, you. So I've got a picture here. I'll show you. That's called having chutzpah. Yeah, really <laughs> nervy. Yeah, but it was just like, hey, those guys are getting an interview. I'm going to get an interview. Oh so, man, that's great. Yeah. So that was those are those are fun times, Jeez. fun things to do. I want to keep going because there's a million of these, but I know I've got to ask you a question that many people would probably like to know about you. In you have a very open manner about you. You seem up for anything. You know, I don't know what you keep private, what you don't. But I'm going to ask you this anyway. Sure. Answer if you care to, but I hope you will. Oh, I'll answer it. And I think you may have actually answered this earlier, but do you? How should I put this? Just Lauren? say it. Jim. Just take your time. Go ahead. Thank you. Do you go nuts for donuts? <laughs> those are those donuts we're for. You saw that box. I know we had donuts <laughs> oh with Don. God. Here's what I'd like you to do. Oh. All right, Don, we're doing a bit right now. Okay. It's, it's uh, what was the prime like bit time when you're doing the morning? Oh, like, uh, seven to eight was the, the, okay. the key hour so of the morning. It's the seven o'clock hour. You got a bit. I've just handed you a box of donuts. You're going to select one of these and go. And eat it? Do what you will. This is your bit. Oh Off the my cuff. God. Oh, this is like. I just said we're on air and go. 
Okay, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna do the maple bar oh here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that <laughs> is happen again. That is the number one. We're just calling the official donut. More than ninety percent of our guests choose the maple old fashioned. I'll be darned. So is that, here we go. So you, you we're on. We're gonna eat the donut. The, ca- the cameras are rolling. Do anything you want. You can um, talk about it. You can go nuts for donuts. Oh man, I mean, it just brings back so many memories. Is the buttercream obviously still there? Yeah, this mm-hmm. straight from them this morning. Mm-hmm. They say hi. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the um, I had left the Napa Valley. There's another story, and I went back to work for um, Rutherford Ranch Winery up there on yeah, um, sure. Silverado Trail. I walked in, and I was being introduced. I had to go meet the HR person and stuff like that. And I walk in. And I, I just said something, and this lady goes, is that Don DeFisi? I mean, you know, I heard Barry Martin talking today, earlier today about when he went to Valerga's, and he, you know, his voice, he has a very distinctive voice. Yes, he does. And uh, I, I remember, I used to uh, incorporate my, um, my daughter, Don Marie, into my radio show. And I would always talk about it. She went to St. John's. Okay, I got to pick up my daughter at St. John's, et cetera, et cetera. We're doing this at St. John's. We're going here. We're going there. And we would definitely, we would go into a Safeway or we'd go into Valerga's and she'd be out running down an aisle or something like that. And I'd yell out, Don Marie and heads. <laughs> it was amazing. You're they and, that, knew. and that's Don Marie. All they had to do you're talking that. about. Yeah. Wow. So the, the donuts, the donuts with Don. First of all, had the alliteration. Of course, donuts with Don. Dinner with Don. Okay, who doesn't love it? Yeah. And we actually did an overnight with Don, where where, where you would sleep I went with somebody. To, went to their the house. The conscious winner would get to sleep with you. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I would go to their house. Okay. Have dinner with them on a Tuesday night. <laughs> spend the night at their house. The engineers would come in that day, and they'd set up a studio. Lauren, this is like a hobo scam. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd do a live broadcast from their house while so-and-so, the, the, you know, the husband or the wife, they cooked dinner. Iris C. would come in and do his sports show from I've never heard the of house. This. Yep. And, How did I not? And it was just like I – mean, and, and the cards we had from people that really said, yeah, you can come to our house and spend the night and – you know, do a live broadcast, and they bring in all of their friends from the neighborhood, and we'll all be sitting around the living room doing a live broadcast. So you do the broadcast in the evening while they're doing dinner, and then again in the morning. No, no, I, we. I, I, went the their, I went to their house at dinner time. You weren't well, sleeping overnight. Yeah, I spent the night there. You really did. I really did. Yeah, and so we got to know the. That fam- seems so awkward. I but, know. Okay, no, but it was like. <laughs> Don't forget, on the other side of things, Judd, it takes a certain breed of cat to put your name in to have somebody that you only yeah. heard on the radio. I guess so. Okay? I guess and so. Listen, back then, we're not talking about, you know, terrorist or rapist or anything like that. I mean, it's the guy that's on the radio. You've been on the radio with him for five, six years. And it was all official because it, it was really official because the, the technicians had come in and they'd bring in the portable studio and they'd set it all up. And back then, you had to hook up to a phone line. You know, we didn't have any, you know, we had a, uh, and so what it was was it was a major production. And then what you, you do is, you know, you'd meet the kids and the family and stuff like that and have dinner. And then I'd turn in about 10 o'clock, but most of the time we hardly ever slept. People were up talking about it. And then, you know, long about four or five o'clock in the morning, you had to get, had to get ready to do the radio show and you did it. 
from their house. Yep. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You, you did you make any long term connections here? Uh, oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's still people that you know I you know. You, I call it my other life. You know, when, when I when I left the broadcasting business, I um I said to myself, you know, that was another lifetime ago, and now I'm in the wine business, and I never wanted to be known as oh because I used to hear at the beginning oh you're the DJ that's in the wine business, and I wanted to be the wine guy that used to be a DJ. Uh, you know, yeah. for, you're the it was the DJ first and the wine guy because second. you want legitimacy in your current Correct. vocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. The, the whole thing, you know, just evolved over time and left left broadcasting and then, you know, got into the wine business. But I, it was never fair to say that it was another lifetime ago because every time I come back to the Napa Valley and when we bought Jamison Ranch, I got to come back to the Napa Valley. And you just – a lot of people that have not moved out of the Napa Valley that are yeah. still here. No, so I, I, I mentioned mean, a few people you were coming. They're like, wow. Yeah, and there's probably 99% of your audience that never heard – of Don DeFisi. I mean, because it was a gazillion years well, ago. You, you said know? April of 90, so that's yeah, 29 that's years ago. That's this, when I left, yeah. 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 But I'll never forget this place. So, you know, this is uh, this is great memories, being at Broadcast Park. Some of the things we did and, uh, you know, some of the events. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing was the flood of 86. Yes. And what happened was is that KVON, which was the news station, while KVYN was the personality radio music station kvon had their towers out here in the flatlands i don't know if they still do or not that they, they actually do okay and at napa valley college yeah and they went off the air they got blown <laughs> off the air by the flood kvyn studios were up in st helena okay our, our our signal and so tom young came to to me and said okay don you're gonna have to you know give up the radio station because we're gonna move our news people over here to take over uh to for this flood and i said like hell you are this is my radio station you know anything happens you know this this is kvy and this is the vine and that's what people are gonna have to tune to I get hair rises up on my arms, or you get calls from people that were in the in their house on their kitchen table with a transistor radio because there's no power that said that they were listening to KVYN. Yeah. Okay, people call from Australia, from uh, Russia, from all over the world checking in because they had family here, and the only place they could call yeah. was KVYN. And we're taking calls from all over the world. It was. Uh, and I was on the air for 26 hours straight. Wow. 26. I wouldn't let – I wasn't giving up that microphone How for are you still talking? anything. I, I, would, I, I figured that if, if I gave up that microphone, I wasn't going to get it back. So, um, you know, if, if Tom Young would have seen me leave, he would have been putting in the news guys over yeah. there. So yeah. uh, the news guys were welcome to come in and do all the news that they wanted, but it was going to be – our shows. No, I'm sure I was tuned in. We were actually coming back from Southern California when the floods mm-hmm. hit, and we we couldn't get home to St. Helena. We right. got as far as now. Well, actually, we got as far as Yauntville, and the CHP turned us back. They said you can't go any further. It's high tide. Mm-hmm. It's like high tide. Yep. Across Highway 29. So we came back and we stayed overnight. Uh, I think it was the Clarion. Now it's in Napa Valley Marriott, but mm-hmm. I remember staying the there. The Clarion. We Gosh, could not yes. get. We couldn't get home. And then when we did, either the day or the day after that, uh, I mean, obviously, you could, as you well know, you could have you motored a boat through our vineyard and everybody else's vineyard. And Well, the scary part for me was, and I'm losing track of the streets, whether it was Trancas or whatever it was, where um, 
where round table pizza and yeah, Redwood uh, and Trancus, yeah, and uh, the highway all, and the water is up to the stop sign. Wow, the water is up to a stop sign, and you're going, I can't believe, and it's just rushing down, headed for like you know Imola or not Imola, but what is it? Uh, anyway, uh, it was cra- it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the importance of having a local broadcaster is really highlighted in those situations. And Lauren can attest, you know, when the fires hit, um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, the big 17. the big fires a couple of years ago, it, it was, well, I paused because, I, you know, I really want to choose my words carefully. But, you know, it was a disaster unlike any we'd really experienced. I'm sure we had the flood. That's that's its own disaster. We had the earthquake. That was its own disaster. Mm-hmm. Now here was a whole other kind of disaster, you know, a year and a half ago that was knocking out everything. I mean, people didn't have power. We lost one of the – we started losing the transmitters for the station for a bit. But – and I can't tell you how often it's happened because it keeps happening to this very day. It hasn't happened yet today, but it's happened in the last month. Somebody will stop me and say – because I came in, I figured nobody was awake. I tuned in to KVON to see what do they talk. What do I need to know What's about going this fire? On? It was midnight, and they still had the network sports going. I said they're asleep. They don't know. You know there aren't as many folks as there used to be at yeah. the station. So, you know, I was like, there's really only two people, and they're probably sleeping. So I, you know, woke folks up and said we need to get on the air. We got it. We got to get down there. Our our station manager was out of town, but Will, our owner, Will and Julissa, he said, all right, here's the thing. You know, they're relatively new owners, and they had been taking care of business affairs since purchasing the the, the station, but they he hadn't spent a lot of time in studio, so he didn't actually – wasn't sure he knew how to get off the network and on the air. I said, look, open the door. We'll figure this out. Let's get down there. And it was about one – 45, I met him here, and about 2.02, we were able to turn the microphones on, get off the network, and then we stayed here till uh, about 7.30 in the morning, taking calls, getting as much information as we could, which was spotty, the internet was super slow, most power was out, but people stop and tell me that they were able to tune in, listen, and it gave them a lifeline. We had elderly folks calling scared yeah we hear there's a fire we don't know you know our power's out we should i leave should i stay should i wake the other people up and we're trying frantically to find out where they are where the fire is um i had a lady tell me that she was um trapped in her house in yontville because the power was out her garage door wouldn't open yep. and i forgot why she couldn't utilize her other door but she tuned in and realized that uh she wasn't near the fire, and it, it gave her a, li- a lifeline. It gave her hope that she was mm-hmm. going to get through it. So thank for that. And then when we – by the way, we were only on for about five hours straight from about two – five and a half hours. And I was raspy. Well, there was smoke in the air too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Iris C. Smith walks in 730 in the morning, 
And he didn't like strong arm me out of the chair, but it was basically like, I'm here now. Yep. And then he sat down and he was on for like 12 hours yep. straight. Mm-hmm. You know, well, Ira stopping. was here. Obvi- I mean, Ira's yeah. been here since, you know, God created this radio station. Yeah. But uh, no, he was part of uh, he was part of our, our lengthy broadcast during the flood. Yeah. But if you look at it, this place that has been graced by God for this incredible wine, that I think the greatest wine district in the entire world, and yet we've been hit by floods, fires, earthquakes here. And I say we because it's still a part of me that will always be in the Napa Valley, that, you know, the uh, the the disasters that have occurred here um, are really, really kind of like notable for, you know, this small little valley, and yet it gets it gets whack. I mean, every every time it I, we used to say in Saint Helena, if eleven people spit at the same time, you'll get a flood in Saint Helena because it had the worst the worst flood control up there because the Napa River would overflow. So yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully, much of that has been uh, taken care of. The flood control projects yes, have been took quite forever. successful, mm-hmm. but you know it's done, and thank goodness. We're here. You know, there's actually people still manning local radio and yes. making sure information gets out there. And um, hooray. And just to feel that gratitude from the community was uh, you know, if, if, heartwarming. I feel like we're really doing something good. Well, in, you know, in parting, um, not that we're parting right now, but um, my first job in, in radio was at a 500-watt daytime station in Concord where I, I grew up and went to high school. It's called K1, K-W-U-N, which is a mouthful if you have to say that. K-W-U-N. Uh, and... They got, they had a new owner come in from Chicago and he was all about community service, local news, this and that, you know, uh, real live news department, uh, et cetera. And he told me his name was Bill Adler and he said he got his inspiration. He said from a, he said Don from a radio station up in the Napa Valley called KVON. I went up and I interviewed the owner, Tom, and he couldn't remember, you know, Tom Young's last name and stuff like that. And he said, and you'd be well to listen to a guy on the news, because I was in news at the time, news uh. and sports. And he goes, a guy by the name of Pat Stanley. I mean, Pat was legendary for being probably the most notable, recognized figure in minor, small market radio. KBON had established itself long, long time ago as, you know, just being the local radio station, you know, that, yeah. that, that really did everything. And so it's they they are indeed, um, you know, legendary. Well, Will and Julissa here, I think, understand that and adhere to that philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that attitude has reinvigorated this place as a station and as a uh, presence in the community. And yeah. so difficult because of all of the different opportunities that listeners have to get their news or get their yeah. information. It's not the same as it used to be where there was an AM station when there wasn't an FM. When I first started, there were no FMs in the Bay Area. You know, um, it, They were all AM radio stations back in the early 60s. So to have... To continue to have listeners and to grow, and I love here. I love coming in and hearing the local, you know, advertisements for the good old A and W up in <laughs> yes. um, um, uh, Saint Helena, the only uh, chain store that was allowed up there, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, but to hear the local, the local spots, you know, for the different things that yeah. are going on, it just really, really feels good knowing what you know radio has become. You know, some so conglomerated, if that's yeah, even yeah. a word. So it, 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 it's great that we're still it's living out. It's absolutely refreshing, and it, it gives me hope that there is a future in this medium, which mm-hmm. I so dearly love. Yeah. None of us ever got rich. 
Okay. <laughs> and the funny thing about it was is that I read um, on Wikipedia or whatever that um, when Tom sold the station, I don't think he sold it to these folks. Did no, not no. the current yeah. owners. No. He sold back whenever Tom sold it. He sold it for four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, and I'm like, that's like nothing. You know, I mean, it was like, yeah. oh, that's, I, I figured it'd be like three million bucks or something like that. 425000 in today's, I mean, that's probably your, what, six month salary here. So, uh, uh, uh-huh. oh. you want to ask me how much I make here? <laughs> <laughs> Should I publicly disclose? <laughs> we call this a labor of love. Don. Yeah, no, there's, a there's labor no question. Of love. There's no question. When I, when I, when I first started, I was, my first job at K1 was a hundred dollars a week and I worked, probably worked a hundred hours and it didn't make any difference. You know, you, yeah, we have seller rats. Right, mm-hmm. you have gym rats. I was a radio rat. All I wanted to do was be in the radio station, yeah. you know, yeah. cleaning the AP wire and getting your hands all. I mean, yeah, it was, it was. You just loved what you were doing. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to be around it as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I thought my first gig here when you invited me down to to look around, you know, and I was going to ask if there was something I could do, would be you know, taking out the trash or answering the phone. Who knows? But. Thankfully, that first gig was dropping the needle at record at That's 6 a.m. Right. Sunday, which was tough to get up. But I did it. I was excited to do it. And a week later, I was on air. There you go. It was nuts. And the rest is and history. The rest is history. My joke was um, when I started this show six years ago, I said, yeah, I did such a good job that 24 years later, they asked me back. <laughs> <laughs> do you re- remember how much you got paid for doing part-time back I'll, then? You know, I was I'm, just starting to figure that, that, that out. I don't. I, I was paid. Yeah. I, I remember I was so... <laughs> I was such a newbie. Was it like five bucks an hour? Was it more than that? It was was probably in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But I remember sitting in the lobby, right? I'm looking at it right now through the window. And they gave me the application so I could be official. And it said, fill in your social security number. I have no idea. I said, can I use your phone? (laughs) You know, mom, what's my social security? When I started here. I just wanted to be here. I had no experience doing anything. When I started here um, in 1983. I I think Tom Young, I, I think I was paid fourteen thousand a year. Hey, I mean, and I had a family, and but I also had my my mobile DJ. I mean, I was making thirty thousand oh. on the DJ. You wow, know, fourteen. You know, I mean, it was always like complete different. But I wow. I remember you know, when when I left, like seven years later, I think I was making like forty. But it was like, who cares, man? You are on the radio. Yeah. I mean, I never worked a day in my life here because yeah. we get paid to talk. Yeah, it was fun. And Steve Martin had an album out years ago that he uh, he recorded in San Francisco. And one of his lines was, and I get paid for doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd always think about that, man. I'm getting paid to do if this. you can sincerely sing that song to yourself. You're, I, get you're paid, I get paid to talk. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well done. Looking at the clock, it's time to play everyone's favorite party oh, game here I am on Judd's so. Napa Valley Show. Long pause while we wait for Lauren to come out of the bathroom because he has a tagline. I just realized oh. he's, he's supposed to say right now. Okay. But so, Bob, uh, Lauren is tinkling, as they say. Yeah, he's taking a whiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say that on the air. No, so. we won't. No, but we're not on the air. <clears throat> Actually, one day, Bob Felgen and I were fooling around on the radio, you know, live doing the Up Valley Report. And I, um, I said, "Oh, that creaky door means Lauren Wall okay. is back. back." And uh, feel better. Yeah, it was okay. good. Uh, 
I feel better that you feel better, Lauren. Let me tell you. I was We've been sitting here a while, year. and that coffee is... Yes. But, so, uh, you and Bob fell I mean, since we're on a podcast here, I remember I was fooling around. Bob Felion and I were talking, and, you know, I said something like, you know, that is just complete bullshit. And it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Lauren's and face. And so Bob Felion said, Donnie, did you just say bullshit? And I went, can... Can I say bullshit on the radio? And it was just like, oh, my God, phones are lighting up and stuff like that. They were. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but we wanted, always wanted to take the show to the edge and then walk over it a few times just to – you wanted people to be talking at the water cooler sure. type of thing. And um, a, a guy was working at Steve's Hardware, yeah. and he was on a ladder. And he fell off the ladder when he – because they, they had the, the vine playing – on the, um, you know, on the loudspeaker. You fell um, off the ladder when fell, you heard you say that? Yeah. Cracked me up. Yep. I thought That's he was going to sue me. So, Well, things have changed. One of my first guests said that word. Well, it just said shit. Yeah. At some point. Not in anger or anything. I, I said something and he said, ah, shit. You know, like, yeah. like, here we go. And I was waiting for the phones to ring <laughs> and someone to run in. Nothing. Not a peep. I used to do a bit. Um, I used to. Have I was disappointed. Actually, yeah. I was like, "Come on, let's let's get a little controversy do, going." I used to do different closings to my radio show. The most, yeah. uh, the one I used to do most of all was, <clears> and, and remember, for a lifetime of romance, fall in love with yourself, and then I ended the show. <laughs> and that was pretty much how I ended most of the shows. But one of the ones that you throw in is, and, and always remember to keep a litter bag in your car, and when it fills up. Roll down the window and throw it out, okay? And yeah. I'm at some function, function one day, and this lady comes up to me with her son, and she goes, Don, this is my son, Michael, blah, 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 blah. And you know what he did the other day, Don? I said, mm-hmm. what? He, goes, he filled up a litter bag, and he threw it out the window. And it just kind of dawns on you that, yeah. you know, the influence that you can have. So, you know. It's out there. So I, I had, like, between six and seven was kind of more of the raunchy hour because we used to take a lot of chances over here and then seven o'clock seven to eight is when everybody's getting up and going to school and then eight to nine as you know and then uh, the outside i would do i would do six to ten okay because tom would squeeze every hour he could out of you and that was that was just kind of like the transition hour everybody's now at work you know everybody's made it they've got dressed and they've got out the door but the thing that always impressed me about Levine and also about uh, KVON is what we used to call we used to call it TSL, time spent listening. Okay, and on radio stations in the city, you know, it's eighteen minutes. You're doing something, you're getting a cup of coffee, and you go out the door. In the valley, all day long, people listen from the from six o'clock in the morning till yeah. five six o'clock in the night. They have it on at work workplace. Yeah. I hear it in some, yeah. still to this day. Yeah. It's amazing the the loyalty that they have. So That's wonderful to know. And now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Medlib. That's right. Don DeFisi, it's everyone's favorite fill-in-the-word game. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, I'm new to this now. All right. uh, Give me a break. Yeah, you know Medlibs, I'm sure. So what I'll do is I'm going to ask you for uh, a type of word. Okay. You'll see in a second. I'm going to write it down. It's going to plug into a story which I will then read back to you, to great hilarity. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Hey, listen. 
I'm all ears like a jackass. <laughs> okay. Lauren, this is going to be a good one. I can already tell. <laughs> so the first thing I need from you is a, an adjective, a descriptor of some sort. An adjective. I feel like I'm like a third grader here. Yeah, that's uh, perfect. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, you want to think like a third grader. Think like a third grader? Please. Okay, so that, I'm, I'm from New York, so that's an upgrade. I mean, <laughs> okay. normally I'm thinking like a pre-kindergarten. Come on now. Right. Um, ratty. Ratty. All right. Ratty. Like, are you ratty? Oh, oh, no, oh, no, no, ratty. No, ratty. ratty. <laughs> You're from New York. All right. A plural noun, more than one thing. Farts. <laughs> that was quick. Do you need to step outside? All right. <laughs> Uh, another adjective. Well, Lauren's just been in the bathroom. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren is nodding knowingly. Yeah. Okay. An, another adjective. Uh, scrungy. Scrungy. I think that's how you spell that. A plural noun. Another one. Goofballs. Goofballs. Oh, an adverb, an L-Y word. Stupidly. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> That's how this game is going. No, 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 no. Oh, another adjective. Oh, I remember this one. Bodacious. Bodacious. All right. Yeah. Pardon the expression. You've got a long one here. I mean this game. Okay. Okay, yeah. A verb ending in I-N-G. Shouting. A verb ending in I-N-G. Shouting. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going on the adverb. I was thinking adverb. Yes, you got it. Shouting. Yeah. That was so quick. I thought you were ahead of me on that, and I was behind you. All right. A a plural noun. Uh, my beloved Dodgers. The Dodgers. Bleeding Dodger blue over here. Okay. That's okay. You're not going to find any argument with me. I think we all need to follow our own path. A plural noun. Hookers. <laughs> Speaking of following one's own path, okay. Noun. You wouldn't have never made it through my show there, Lauren, let me tell you. Funny how that came to mind after talking about doing our own thing. All right, noun. Well, speaking of hookers, none. N-U-N. N-U-N. N-U-N, okay. (laughs) And finally, a number. Ah, Mickey Mantle, number seven. Seven. The New Yorker speaking. Okay, here we go. So now, what is this, what do you do now? Well, I'm going to explain to you. Okay. Don DeFisi, earlier today, I was uh, on the old internet, and I happened to uh, come upon your LinkedIn profile, upon which there are some quotes about people, or from people who have interacted with you, and you have rewritten their quotes (laughs) via this Mad Libs game. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. So, basically, this is your life. Wow. Here we go. Quotes about Don DeFisi from LinkedIn. Don was instrumental in my development in the wine industry. He set a very ratty example that I carry with me to this day. (laughs) He's laughing, folks. His attention to farts and ability to meet scrungy goofballs (laughs) consistently demonstrated his ability to execute initiatives stupidly. <laughs> so far as this... Whoa, this is a picture good. Of Don I'm DeFici. liking okay. this. I am too. I'd do business with you. All right. Don is a pleasure to work with and demonstrates bodacious interpersonal skills when shouting with Dodgers and hookers. <laughs> Folks, if you could see, he's like silent. His, his head is frozen. Mouth agape. Okay. 
Okay, uh, shouting with Dodgers and Hookers. He is a major he's a major nun <laughs> to any group or organization he's involved in because he always gives seven percent. <laughs> Don DeFisi, you are fun. a titan of the industry, <laughs> as uh, evidenced by these quotes on LinkedIn. Wow. I can't tell you how much fun this has been. What a great time. I think this I've... is the longest I've ever spent talking to anybody. We're we're pushing like the two-hour mark here. I've been thinking um, about it for weeks ever since you, you invited me, and I was counting the days to be here. Yeah. And besides meeting you, what a pleasure to see Warren again. And you have a future with that microphone. Oh, thank you, Mr. Don. Man, you should be on it. You should be down there in L.A. on doing a game show. Well, I think I think we could uh, put in a good word. If wow. we know somebody, let's You're do good. that. You're good. And I'm actually going to get this framed. Please do. That's wow. your uh, limerick intro. Yeah, that's the Lauren Mole signature. So, Don DeFisi, thank you very much. All the best for continued success in the wine industry. Thank you again for setting me on this path of broadcast excellence. And, uh, well, broadcasting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I got a little, <laughs> a little hyperbole. Broadcast uh Broadcasting. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, the pleasure is all mine, and I, w- I just want to say that uh, 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 with all the humility that uh, I was honored to be one of the, the many people that have uh, given Broadcast Park its great reputation in the Napa Valley and in the broadcasting industry. And it's uh, great to be here with uh, all the other star-studded people that are here <laughs> or are coming. I understand Jay Arnold's going to be here tomorrow. Oh, wow. And, i got to yeah, say hi so, to him, man. It's been yeah. And Probably of course, years seeing, seeing you know, talk about legends. I, Ira C. Uh, what a treat know. that he walked yep. in. Love Ira it. C. Yeah, so there's it. the guy with the voice. All right. Well, hopefully, personally, we're not going anywhere. But okay. We're just changing. We're just changing addresses. So you'll come back and check out the new digs. And we'll, we'll talk some more. Happy to. All Great, right, Don. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jed. Lauren Mole. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.